Welcome to Abide's Kids Bedtime Stories. I'm Tyler Boss. Today's story is brought to you by our partners at Life Audio. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Head over to lifeaudio.com now. Remember, you can have full access to all our meditations commercial-free. Just text ABIDE to 22433 for 25% off. All right, it's time to settle into bed and drift off to sleep with this bedtime story. Hello there. I'm Captain Thaddeus Cadiddle, and this, this is my skyship, Dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. You're in for an adventure, my friend. So, all aboard, and welcome to Skyship Dreamer. Dream on. Telling me the step from an artist who aspires to an artist who inspires is an artist who perspires. <laughs> so true. Well, you didn't come to hear me play. You wanted to hear a story. And, oh, right on time. Here's our friend John with a story. Now, hello, John. Hey, Captain. So, John, our friend here, I believe, would enjoy your story. Oh, well... Sure, I would love to share it. Uh, All right, then, have a seat, and we'll get started. Thank you, John. You're welcome, Captain. And you, my friend, just settle into that comfy chair by the fire, and I'll tell you my story. Rest your mind, settle your spirit, and relax. There you go. Just rest and enjoy. Uh, Let me pray first. Heavenly Father, we have so much to be grateful for, whether we know it or not. There's so many ways you watch over and protect us, ways we may never know about. And we say thank you. Lord, we ask that you give us a good night of sleep. Calm my friend's heart. Help them to relax and give up the cares of the day and just rest. I thank you for them and that they let me tell stories to them as they fall asleep. What a great gift you've given me. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right. First of all, like Captain Cadiddle said, my name is John. And ever since I was a young boy, I wanted to be a musician. I heard stories about Mozart writing symphonies before he was 10 years old. And I thought that was pretty cool. But more than that, when I was in church and we would sing hymns or worship choruses, it touched me. I thought I could hear God speaking to me through music. I don't mean to say like I heard his voice talking to me or that the hymns were more important than what the Bible says. Nothing like that. I just fell in love with the music at an early age. And I learned a verse from Psalm 31. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. I decided that I needed to take a chance. Not a crazy chance, but a chance anyway. I asked my parents if I could get some music lessons. They thought that was okay, at least at first. See, my my school started music lessons with the recorder. It's kind of like a small plastic clarinet-looking thing. The only problem is it's not a clarinet, and it squeaks if you don't cover up the holes just right. It was fun, and I learned to read music. You know, getting the basics down. It didn't take long to graduate from the recorder to another instrument. In my case, a clarinet. In fact, I think that's the whole idea. The recorder isn't an instrument you ever see in an orchestra. It's just something to get you started. I dabbled with a couple of instruments, but eventually decided to switch to the piano. So many of the songs I liked used the piano, even if it was only four chords. I wanted to learn more, so I took my music studies very seriously. I found a teacher, Mrs. Clokey, who gave me private lessons. And I jumped in with both feet, or in my case, both hands. It wasn't long before we all started seeing improvement. After about six months of lessons, we had our first recital. Mrs. Clokey and a couple other teachers rented a church for a Saturday afternoon, and we all performed for the assembled crowd mostly parents and family of musicians. I have to tell you, I was pretty nervous as I waited for my turn. I wanted so much to do a good job. I I wanted to be the best. And some of those other kids were very good. I started thinking that I was going to mess up, that I wasn't going to be as good as the other students. I might even embarrass Mrs. Clokey, and I sure didn't want to do that. But while I was sitting there, feeling my stomach get tied up in knots, I grabbed a Bible that was there in the church pew and started thumbing through it. You know, just doing something to keep my hands busy. But the Bible fell open to a certain verse in Psalms. Psalm 31, 24. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. I couldn't believe that I'd found that verse at that moment just by accident. Or maybe it wasn't an accident. God knew what I needed at that moment and gave me that verse himself. I'd heard about stuff like that, but this was the first time it happened to me. Well, let me tell you, it did give me hope, and it made me strong. When my turn came around, I played the very best I could. And it went well, very well. Not 
perfect, but I don't know that anyone listening could tell where I messed up. I really felt like I was playing from my heart, and it gave me a lot of joy. One other important thing came out of that recital. I met someone who would be my best friend for the next 10 years. Robbie was a piano student with another teacher. He was about the same age as me, and we both were playing at the same level. Of course, that's what I say now. Back then, both of us would have said we were the better player, and on any given day, we were probably right. Robbie loved music like me, and he said he felt music just like I did. It was pretty cool that there was someone else like me who shared that passion. We started talking after the recital at a reception they had for us and our families. As we ate store-bought cookies and drank grape Kool-Aid from styrofoam cups, I told Robbie how much I liked his performance. He told me how much he liked mine. We became fast friends. But music and piano playing came a lot more easily for Robbie. He didn't have to practice as much as I did. In fact, he told me that some weeks he didn't practice at all. Then he'd go to his lesson, play something for the teacher, and she would say, Wow, Robbie, you must have practiced all week. <laughs> if I had tried that with Mrs. Cloakey, she would have seen right through me. She could tell if I missed a single day of practice, and she would let me know. She wasn't unkind, but she knew, and she wanted me to know that she knew, you know. I always wondered what would happen if Robbie had Mrs. Cloakey for a teacher. Oh, well. Anyway, Robbie and I would get together all the time. We had other interests besides piano. We liked the same movies. We were both football fans. Of course, he liked a different team than I did. No need to mention team names, but that was okay, though. We were friends, even though we had different opinions. We bonded over music. One day, we were at the local mall, and in the food court, they had a piano set up. Nobody played it or anything. It was just there. Robbie said we shouldn't let all those years of piano lessons go to waste. He dared me to go over and play something. I said that we should go play something together. You know, one of those goofy tunes for two players. So we went over and started playing Heart and Soul. You know. Well, the people sitting there were surprised at first that someone was actually playing the piano, but they started enjoying it after a few seconds. We just kept playing and riffing a bit. Before long, it didn't sound anything like heart and soul, but what we played was kind of cool. I felt like one of those old jazz musicians you hear about who just start playing their instruments, improvise stuff, and come out with some amazing music nobody has ever heard before. And maybe we'll never hear again. <laughs> I gotta say, I really liked it. We both did. I'm not sure how long we were playing when a mall cop came and told us we needed to leave the piano alone. Apparently it was just for decoration and they didn't want a couple teenagers messing with it. People booed when he stopped us. And when we got up and walked away, they actually cheered for us. Can you believe that? It was the first time anyone outside a recital, which is all family, it's the first time anyone cheered for my playing. 
mine and Robbie's plane, I mean. It felt pretty good, and it sure was encouraging. Robbie and I decided to start a musical act. We were just teenagers, but we thought we could get something going. Maybe we could do it. We not only talked about it, we actually rented a hall at a local venue for our first concert and made some flyers. We charged five bucks to get in. That was the only way we could pay for the room. It worked out okay because we sold every ticket. We practiced our favorite songs and bits of music and came to that concert prepared. And you know what? It went well. Better than well. It was fantastic. We mixed classical and pop music, showing everything we'd learned in all the years we'd taken lessons. We ended up putting on a very respectable show. The audience seemed to like it, too. We recorded it so we could listen later, and we were surprised. It was even better than we expected. No doubt about it, John and Robbie were a hit. Well, we were a hit that night. Even though the crowd seemed to love our show, nobody booked us for another. Over the next couple of years, we did get the occasional job playing at school dances or art festivals. We arranged a few more songs and had a lot of fun, but we weren't getting any closer to a musical career. To be honest, that's what we wanted, to play music all our lives and have people enjoy it the way the crowd in the mall enjoyed our impromptu concert. We studied and practiced through high school and even college. We went to music camps and special festivals that specialized in advanced musicianship. Then there came the day that changed our lives. Clive Gibson, the great pianist, came to our hometown to perform a concert. We were both huge fans, and we got tickets right up front. But even cooler than that, a friend of ours worked at the Performing Arts Center where he played and arranged for us to meet the master after the show. Let me tell you, that show was amazing. Clive played the piano in such a heartfelt way. It was like he and the piano were one unit. I know that sounds weird, but that's what it was like. He played jaunty, jazzy tunes ominous, bombastic pieces and gentle melodies that brought tears to my eyes. There is no doubt Clive Gibson was the man to get advice from. After the show, Robbie and I went backstage to a large green room, which wasn't actually green. They just call it that. That's where Mr. Gibson hung out before and after the show. Mr. Gibson was so gracious he talked to us for a while. I could tell he was tired, but he still had time for his young fans, especially after we told him we were a piano act. Then I swallowed hard and asked the question we've been wanting to ask. Can we play for you? He looked at us for a second, and we realized he had people ask this all the time. He mentioned that he only had one piano, and we'd have to play one at a time. Then he asked if one of us would wait outside in case he had to be brutally honest with one more than the other. We weren't too worried, so we agreed. We rock, paper, scissored, and Robbie ended up going first. I waited out in the hallway while he played. 
I could hear what he played through the door, a beautiful Rachmaninoff piece that we both loved. And he crushed it, in a good way. It was really good. There were a couple of minutes while they talked that I didn't hear. And when Robbie came out into the hallway, he looked very confused, like he didn't know what happened. I asked if he was okay, and he just said, yeah, yeah, just get, get in there. So I went in, and I played for Clive Gibson. I chose a Gershwin tune, and I got to say, I played it great. It felt good. Oh, it sounded good. It may have been the best performance of my life. When I finished, I looked over at Clive Gibson. He just sat there. There wasn't even a lot of expression on his face. After a moment that seemed like it went on for half an hour, he said, I don't hear your passion. I didn't know what to say. He didn't hear my passion? What does that mean? Was he telling me I had no passion? Was he suggesting I find something else to do with my life? I was flabbergasted. When Robbie came back in, we talked for another couple of minutes, but it wasn't like it had been before we played for Mr. Gibson. He was still gracious with us, but I had to make up a reason to get out of the great man's presence. As we drove home, Robbie didn't want to talk about what Mr. Gibson had said to him. I didn't want to talk about it either. That night, I couldn't sleep. I was too hung up on what Clive Gibson said. I didn't like it. But what could I do? I came up with the answer just as the sun was rising. I would prove him wrong. I did have the passion. I wanted to be the best piano player and performer that I could. I wanted to reach his level of success, knowing that it was going to take a lot of hard work and years of practice. I would have to be strong and courageous, as it says in the Bible. In Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That was what I was going to need if I was going to be a great piano player. And I knew I could do it. I had what it took and I was going to prove it to everyone else. Someday I'd meet up with Clive Gibson again and tell him he was wrong. The first snag came when Robbie told me he was done with our two-person band. I was shocked. I had no idea that he had been thinking about quitting. Meeting Clive Gibson just showed him he wasn't at that level and wasn't going to get there. He was done. That really hurt, but I couldn't persuade him to change his mind. Still, I was determined to press on, and I did. Robbie found another pursuit, and he ended up becoming a big deal in the business world. He did pretty good for himself as a graphic designer for a company that laser etches pictures into glass. He made me a beautiful paperweight 
I keep it on my desk with an image of a grand piano. We're still close friends, but sometimes I really miss the days when we were musical partners. I'm sure you figured out that I stayed in music. I did, and I've reached a decent level of success, too. I've done well enough to raise a family and mentor other young musicians as well. One of them is Robbie's daughter, Bobby Jo. A couple years ago, Robbie and I went to see a Clive Gibson concert. It was still wonderful. Great show. Afterwards, we saw him outside the stage door and introduced ourselves. He kind of remembered us, but he knew who I was because he'd seen my name and heard my music. You told me you didn't see my passion, I reminded him. Robbie was surprised. He told me the same thing. How could you tell? I say that to everyone, Clive said. But that comment changed the course of my life, Robbie said. I quit music because of that. I went into business. Everything changed because you said that. Clive Gibson leaned closer to Robbie and said, Then I was right. It dawned on me that moment. Clive Gibson wasn't being cruel to us. He was challenging us. He was saying, if you have what it takes, the courage, the willingness to work hard, the passion, then you will succeed. If you don't, it's best you don't head down a painful path. Robbie and I were different. He wasn't willing to put that effort into it. He wasn't ready to say, challenge accepted, every time someone tried to discourage him. And that's something that happened to me a lot. I've had to build up my courage and keep moving forward. Just like it says in the Bible, do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. God is with you. Even when I'm playing the piano. That's a great lesson for these days. Times can be tough and people can be discouraging. But God is with us always and he loves us be courageous be strong and courageous for him heavenly father thank you for loving us thank you for music and thank you for letting me glorify you with my gifts be with my friend here give them great sleep perfect rest that comes from you Prepare them for the day ahead with courage, knowing you will be with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Two Songs was written by Darby Kern. Our editor was Stephanie Reeves. Narrated by John Fornoff. Sound design by Micah Touche. Music by Christopher James Kane. Our producer, John Fornoff. Our executive producer, Russ Jones. Skyship Dreamer is a production of Abide from Guideposts and Circle Creative Media. Well, I hope you enjoyed our story. There's much more to come. Until our next voyage on Skyship Dreamer, keep dreaming. <laughs>